Auburn head football coach Gus Malzahn is unapologetically a coach. Those aren't necessarily his words, but those are my words. And as the son of a longtime head high school football coach, I've gotten to understand the, the wiring of coaches and how they go about tackling their job. Well, Gus Malzahn was elevated from a high school coach in Arkansas for a lot of years into the pressure cooker of big-time college football. And he's leading in a way where his game plan still has very central to him his faith, his family, and he's unapologetic about it. And when faced with the decision of whether he was going to coach, like, well, everyone told him he had to and he thought he had to, or whether to coach really being led by conviction in his faith, he made that decision on a lonely night in a high school football field, and it's not been the same since. Gus Malzahn, I've known you now for a few years on the college football front, but I didn't know the Gus that was born way back when in Irving, Texas. Take me back to your youth, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I was born in Irving, Texas, and of course, when you're born in Irving, you got to be a Cowboy fan, so I was a Cowboy fan early on. My parents split up uh, when I was six. My dad stayed in the Dallas area, and my mom, we moved uh, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where her parents were. We were there for a year, and she met my uh, stepdad, and we moved to Arkansas. And uh, you know, uh, he's uh, his name's Ray Ruman, and really was a great example for me. You know, growing up, it's six a divorce in the home, a split up in the home. Do you have brothers and sisters at that point? No, I was only I was only child, oh. and it was tough. There, there, there's no doubt about that. You know, looking back, and you know, you're missing your dad and wondering where he's at. And he would come back around, and of course, I would. Uh, you know, I'd visit on holidays and all that. But, you know, when you don't have your dad growing up, you know, that's, that's a little different deal. Can you remember those years? Any yeah. Vivid memories yeah, of any of that? Yeah, I sure do. Um, you know, my stepdad, uh, like I said, he was just did a super job. He loved sports. Mm-hmm. And he was always, uh, you know, my coach growing up, you know, playing the youth sports, you know, baseball, basketball, and all that. And then, of course, you know, I'd go back on the holidays and visit my dad and, you know, we had a pretty good relationship, um, you know, as good as you can, you know, when you're, uh, you know, live, living apart. And you were a five, I was reading, what, a five-star wide receiver recruit back in the day? Is that right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was far from that, you know. I was uh, played every sport, you know, basketball, baseball, football. And my senior year, I had a really good uh, year in football, and so I wanted to play college football. I uh, got a couple small offers, but, you know, I grew up in the state of Arkansas and I wanted to be a hog. And so, uh, you know, I walked on for two years at Arkansas. It took me about one practice to figure out I probably wasn't good enough to play, but I hung in there and ended up, uh, you know, going to a place called Henderson State, which was one of the few schools that offered me coming out of high school. So yeah. it was a good experience. Was it Fort Smith Christian School? Yeah, I went to Fort Smith Christian uh, my junior and senior year. I grew up in the public schools in Fort Smith, and they're great schools too. But, you know, me and my best friend, uh, it just kind of – Got on a heart that you know, hey, let's let's go to the uh, private Christian school our junior and senior years. It was a great deal for both of us. Was that kind of the Lord knocking on your own yeah. heart, or were there relationships that kind of led you that way? Yeah, you know, my sophomore year, I went to Southside High School, and, and which is a great school. But me and my best friend, and it was the Lord talking to us. It was that summer, and we decided to go, and it was a great decision for both of us, and made a made a real real big impact on both of us. Was he the QB, and you were the quarterback? He was the QB, and I was the wide receiver. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and he was, you know, he was really my best friend in junior high and all that. And like I said, it was, it was very impactful and it was the right time too. still friends today, still friends today. Yeah. He's one of my best friends. How cool is that? Yeah. Now you also, uh, if my numbers are right in Wikipedia, you can never fully trust 
you got married at 19? I sure did. So was Christy a part of your life in high school and growing up? Yeah. So Christy was, uh, she was a freshman uh, at the same high school at Fort Smith Christian. I was a senior. And so uh, our parents knew each other. We knew each other, but she was young. And so I go on to college and then of course I came back and she was a senior and she just graduated and she grew up, she grew up. And so that's when we started dating and huh. uh, we dated about a year. And of course I was 22 when we got married. She was 19. And, um, you know, so, but, but we, we grew up together. So as hyper competitive Gus is going through high school and you transfer and have a great senior year, you, you walk on at Arkansas and you stick around there for a year. I was there for two years. For I two was years. there for a year. And then of course I went, went through the next fall and, you know, it hit me like, you know, Hey, it was, it was fun. You know, I think it was very important for me, like uh, to at least give it a shot. And, and my parents, you know, looking back, you know, they were very supportive and walking on is tough. Now there's no doubt financially. And they let me do that, but uh, figured out I wasn't really good enough to play consistently. So that's when I transferred to Henderson state and man, just had a great uh, experience there and get married while you're at Henderson yeah. state. Yes. Got married my senior year, wow. uh, which, you know, that, that completely changes everything. And, uh, I think I was the only married player, on the team and uh, of course everybody else lived in the dorm me and christy lived in an apartment but uh you know it was a good experience you think that upbringing gus and, and looking back to parents splitting up at six and and the desire for family and have a stepdad really fill in so many of those shoes as you look back at that to get married i mean that's so counterculture today right yeah i got married right at the end of my senior year as well of college and that was counterculture then and and much as i'm sure it was in the early 90s and such you think that played a role in making that decision to commit to christy how, 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 yeah, how do you make that decision at that young of age you know there's no doubt getting married and of course you know i knew pretty quick that christy was the one you know and then college just being married it was a little different but it caused you to grow up in a hurry she is awesome yeah I man no i was doubt. watching a bunch of videos and reading yeah. a bunch of stories yeah. she uh sounds a little like my wife yeah. she's one to be willing to tell you yeah, she's the personality of the group too. You know, I'm I'm a little boring, and she's a, she's always uh, you know talking, excited about everything, and you know we really complement each other. You know, in this coaching world, me and her do it together. I mean, uh, this is our ministry, and you know, to be a coach, uh, especially in college football, you have to have a understanding wife mm-hmm. and somebody that's really a partner. And she's been there uh, the whole time and, and allowed me to do what I love to do. Did you know? this was what you wanted to do coaching oh yeah i mean i growing up all i remember is i either wanted to play or i wanted to coach and i started coaching boys club baseball basketball soccer when i was about a sophomore in high school and mm. so uh just always wanted to be a coach and um you know i feel very blessed you know i don't feel like this is work you know i mean this is what i love to do and and I just think that's great. So you uh, really, that Lord's knocking on your heart in high school, yeah. right? And you make the transition. As you look back now, is that where your relationship with the Lord started, your real commitment to it? Yeah, I was 13 years old 13. when I got saved at a church camp, and um, you know, it really changed my life. And, you know, looking back, you, you asked me about, you know, going to that uh, the Christian school my mm-hmm. junior year. That was kind of a process for about two or three years. Got saved, like I said, when I was 13, and you know, best decision I ever made. And Christy's walking with the Lord. She's walking with the Lord, and and, and she's really been my accountability the oh. whole way. And uh, she is just so strong spiritually, and and that's really what attracted me to her. You know, early on too. 
I think so many young people today are just like, I got to get my life all right. And I got to do all of this. And I got to be the strong one. Even in our Christian community, I've got to have everything in my house in order. And then I'll really bring a bride into it. And I'll make the home complete. Man, the mess of some of that and some of my weakness that she's made strength and some of how she's sharpened me. I know iron sharpens iron. And we have to have our accountability and our fellowship with men. But our wives can be yeah. amazing tools in that way. Yeah, and, and Chrissy's always been that way. You know, she's very transparent. Uh, she's very upfront. Um, you know, if she feels like I'm kind of getting out of line, I mean, she'll call my hand. And that accountability, that real-life accountability with your partner, I think is very important. We'll dig into this a little bit further, I'm sure, as the pressures have grown and changed and emerged through all your years and journey. But you finish up at Henderson State. You get married. You go right into high school coaching. Mm-hmm. What's up with this defensive coordinator yeah, stuff, though, huh? Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't, you know, my— You went to the dark side for a year. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Yeah, my uh, college head coach, he passed away just right after I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't have a connection uh, to get a job. The only job I could get is a place called Hughes High School, and they needed a defense coordinator. So uh, I was happy just to have any job at the time. And uh, But Hughes was a, a really a great experience for me. Uh, from the standpoint that, you know, I was a defense coordinator the first year, my head coach leaves, and then I uh, was a head coach my second year, and I kind of had to learn on the on the go. And Hughes was a place that they said, Gus, if you'll treat them right, make them act right, you'll be here as long as you want. Mm-hmm. If I'd have been anywhere else, they'd probably fired me because I I learned on the job. There's nothing better than learning by making mistakes. And uh, give so, me the most telling story that you can remember. Twenty six years ago, ninety oh, yeah. two, you transitioned from D coordinator to head coach. Yeah. And give me, like, looking back now, I can't believe. Oh, God, there's more than one. All right, go I ahead. Mean, we got time. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, when the head coach left, you know, I interviewed with the superintendent, and uh, two weeks later, he calls me back and said, Gus, we want you to be our next head coach. Man, I was fired up, took Christy out to eat, and the next day I found out I was the only one that applied. So that's a true story, all right? <laughs> so that should tell you all you need to know. But, uh, you know, I, I don't – I mean, it, it was just um, it was just a process. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot of great stories and all that. But uh, Were you a yeller at the kids you, at that you, point? You know, Were you I, trying I, to I, like – I tell you what, I, I, I had some coaches in college. And sure. So, you know, I started out and I tried to be like them and – you know, using language and, and all this and, you know, boy, you chew and all that. And then 1994, uh, I rededicated my life to the Lord. Um, you know, there was some things that was going on in my life that I just didn't feel good about. And the Lord convicted me. And I went to the 50-yard line by myself and just asked the Lord uh, to take back over my career. And that's when everything changed for me. Wow. And, you know, that's when there wasn't any more cussing. You know, there, I was really trying to be an example for our players and, and uh, turned my career over to the Lord. And that's when everything changed. And next year we went to the state championship. They'd never been to the playoffs before, you know. And so, uh, you know, we came close. We almost won the game. If I'd done a better job coaching, we would have. But, um, you know, Hughes was a, a great starting block for me. And then you transitioned from there, right? And this coaching world's a crazy one. So mm-hmm. I'm the son of a coach. And my dad, he made a choice, I think, looking back, and I've talked to him about this now. He's one of the best coaches I ever had. He had that unbelievable, just like grace, but fire, 
he was connected. He works. I mean, he was phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach out in Washington, where I'm from. And I said to him, like, did you ever desire to move on? Or how did you know? he's like, you know, we found something in that community of Puyallup where I was from. And I think Billy Joe started it, Billy Joe Hobart, way back mm-hmm. when, and helped him win a state title. We built so much community there that, no, like we had three boys. Y'all were going to be busy in sports. And thankfully, you know, Dame and I both went to Washington, got to live out our dreams pretty close to home. And he just wanted home to be home. Mm-hmm. You make the decision to move from Hughes, kind of your first move, to Shiloh Christian. Right. What goes in that process of a school that gave you the chance, yeah. right, the first one, yeah. and ultimately the door opens elsewhere? Yeah. You know, we won in 1994. and I I went to the finals and I stuck around one more year and just, you know, I was from Fort Smith, Arkansas. So it's, it's on the, the West side and shallows in, in Northwest Arkansas. So I got a, a chance to go there and it was completely different. We went from the, the poorest school in the state to one of the richest, you know, mm-hmm. and so there was some transition with that, but it was the perfect time for me and Christy because, you know, shallow Christian, uh, just accountability, great accountability for a young Christian coach. Yeah. And, you know, looking back, we were there for five years and me and Christy were just talking recently that that may have been the best five years we had mm-hmm. you know in our coaching uh, life just from the standpoint our, our young girls uh, went to school there it gave them a great foundation and uh, it, and we had a lot of players too so you know when you have good players that helps too and uh, yeah. you know we went to a lot of state championship games and won quite a few too how about as a staff how about as the head coach in that school you win titles mm-hmm. community everything you just yeah. share right there about kind of formulating and growing and leading not just the young men in your ministry, but also your staff. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. And like I said, it just gave me a good spiritual foundation of what a Christian coach is really supposed to look like. And we started running our hurry up, no huddle, which is the two minute offense we still run today. And, you know, early on, we set national records. And it was just a, a really good, you know, time early on in my career to to set a foundation as far as from a spiritual standpoint, you know, and an offensive standpoint. Could you look back then even, Gus, and realize as you recommit your life that year and and that that door at Shiloh then opens, what, just yeah. a couple years after that, yeah. that that was not oh, it, it was part of the plan. I didn't know at the time, but that's exactly what, what it was. And, uh, you know, Ronnie Floyd, the pastor of, uh, of First Baptist Church, Springdale, associated with the schools, one of my closest friends. And he's a great leader. And I just remember that, you know, not just the football-wise, but just the leadership-wise and the wisdom that he gave me. I got a chance to really watch him do his work. And, you know, being a pastor and being a head coach in football is a lot of the similarities. And uh, I really relied on him. And just looking back, he just gave me great wisdom. And he was a great example, you know, for me at the time. And then ultimately then on from Shiloh to Springdale. Yeah. Yeah, went went to Springdale High School, which was the largest school in the state, um, you know, at the time. It was right across the street. And it was, we didn't have to move and um, you know, I followed a legend named Gerald Williams and that was really tough that first year but uh, but we had some some outstanding uh, players so how do those decisions come down right in ministry yeah and I've heard this said too Gus that sometimes that pastor's wife has some of the most difficult challenges yeah the, the problem now that you bring that up uh, it, it was tough because uh, went from Shiloh Christian to Springdale which in a way, there were a little bit of rivals, and uh, it was really tough on Christy. It was one of the few times that I took a job that, uh, you know, she was really struggling with just mm-hmm. from the standpoint our girls were going to stay at Shiloh Christian. We, I was going to go coach, and, and it caused me and her, uh, we grew a lot uh, during that time. And, and also, too, she told me, you know, uh, years later that trust factor 
trust in me when you got to make those tough decisions as a leader of your house. Yep. And I just felt like uh, that's where the Lord led me. So we, we went through some growing pains there, yes. but you know, it was definitely the best yeah. thing for us to do. Yeah, that intuition, man, that gift. Yeah. My wife has got that gift yet also is one to say, Hey, you know, but this is the decision you got to make, yeah. you know, and ultimately pray upon it. And you felt yeah. led that that was that. a door to open. Th- there's no doubt. And then from Springdale, some guy up, some, what was his name? Nut. Somebody, yeah. I think, gave you a call. Houston, yeah. Houston Nutt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So he sees what you're doing, and this offense is electric, yeah. and Houston Nutt gives you a buzz. Yeah, that, that was that was a very unique time, too. And, you know, it wasn't just that time. I mean, I'd interviewed for the quarterback job at University of Arkansas two years before, and the year before that I was offered the running back. So it was kind of a process that led okay. up to that. But uh, 2005, you know, we won the state championship at Springdale, and we were either number one or number two in the country on all these polls and so it was kind of one of those points where high school I'd, I'd reached just about every goal that that yeah. I'd set so the transition was was a really easy one and then a chance to go straight to University of Arkansas like you said and be the offensive coordinator straight from high school you know that was a that was a real unique time any aha moments um, any of those when you sat back on that campus where you were a walk-on yeah that you grew up watching the ball in that state. Yeah. And now, as you said, you don't go to a positional coach. You go right into the heat. Yeah. You know, being off of any aha, uh-huh, like, wow. Yeah, you probably when I was hired, just the standpoint when you grew up in that state. And, of course, I grew up a big hog fan, played there, and had to have that much influence and know how important it is to – to all my friends and family and everybody in that state, I mean, that was a very humbling uh, opportunity to have a chance to do that. How would you characterize that year? Uh, you know, I learned uh, a lot about college football, um, and I learned a lot about myself. And uh, that's probably the best way to put it, man. We, I got first chance I get to, to go to college, I get to coach Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis. I mean, you know, how, how blessed can you be? Uh, those three guys, you know, it's hard to screw up that deal. Yeah. What was Houston like to work with? In uh, you know, he I, he let me run the offense, and um, you know, like I said, I got a chance to learn from him. Uh, I got a chance to learn from the other two head coaches too, and I think that's just part of the process of trying to um, you know help you help yourself in the future. And Miss Christie at this point. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have to move, so we just went to <laughs> Shiloh yeah. to Springdale. To University of Arkansas, and we didn't move, so I, that, that's really rare. That and, is rare. You're and, and you know, she grew up in the state too, so it was a it was a real special time for us. But ultimately, you guys transition out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you take me through that process? Things got a little complicated towards the end, and just sometimes in your heart, you just feel like, hey, it's time to do something different. So. Uh, you know, Todd Graham, uh, former high school coach at Allen, we had developed a relationship. He was at Allen, Texas. I was at Shiloh, and he got the head job at Tulsa. He said, hey, Gus, come run your offense. Uh, I'm going to coach defense. And really gave gave me a chance to really establish myself as a college coach because when I was at Arkansas, we did half the former coaches' Arkansas, I mean, offense, half yeah. our offense. And it really gave me a chance to do that. And we, we put the hurry up, no huddle in. We two minute offense the entire game and played fast. And, um, you know, we had some really good players and it worked out great. We were the number one offense in the country two years in a row. And it was a great experience for me. But from an accountability and a mentoring standpoint, now as you're starting this climb, one thing to do it in the high school realm, in that community, mm-hmm. to have all those folks. Then you go, you know, to the Arkansas, and it's a year of some good and some bad, yeah. a whole lot of learning. And now you're starting to wow, this thing's really clicking, yeah. man. This thing's really working. 
Any mentors, any accountability, anybody in that moment really speaking into your life? And yeah, journey? yeah, it really, you know, Ronnie Floyd that I was saying with earlier, he was the guy that I really relied on because we went through some, some real challenging times. And, you know, when you get in college football, especially in the SEC, you know, everything is, is out there. Yes. And so that's really what's different, you know, from a high school. But I really relied on him and, um, like I said, he's he's one of my best friends and like a spiritual mentor for me, and and I needed it then. I mean, it, it was some challenging times, and but at the same time, when I went to Tulsa, it was yeah. just uh, man, it was back to football, and it was very refreshing. Yeah, that almost that time in Tulsa almost give you. Well, first of all, you move out of Arkansas yeah. with, with Christy mm-hmm. and the girls. That gave you kind of a chance to almost be an in-between, that it's not high school football anymore. Yeah. It's obviously college yeah. and growing 18 to 22-year-olds, but yeah. we're not in Arkansas yeah, anymore. I think so. And, and like I said, the big thing is to establish myself as, as a college coach because back then it was still I was still a high school coach. And, hey, will this high school offense work? And, you know, you had to answer those things. And I thought it would work, but I didn't know for sure until we did it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Todd Graham gave me the opportunity – to really just take it and run with it. And looking back, I mean, he just said, man, do what you believe. Let's go with it. And he gave me great confidence and, and really, um, you know, set the, the foundation for my college career. And when the SEC came calling again, yeah, it, it was Auburn. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was uh, this guy named Cam Newton and yeah. it was Gene Chizik and it was this chance – to go back into the SEC, yeah. but not at Arkansas, to go to Auburn. Yeah. Um, the last year I was at Tulsa, we were number one offense in the country. And so there were some opportunities. Yes. There were quite a few opportunities. But when Gene Chizik, when I sat down in front of him, and, of course, knowing about Auburn and uh, just thinking about, you know, and back then I used to think, man, they're great defense at Auburn. So I was thinking, man, if you go there, score some points, you may win the whole thing. So that was kind of my mindset. And I met with Gene, and re- we just hit it off, you know, very similar. And I got a chance to to come here to Auburn and uh, be the offense coordinator, and it was it had the wow factor. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and quite a season it was. Yeah. So in 2009, you know, we uh, we had a good season, won the Outback Bowl in overtime, and then we recruited Cam Newton, and uh, we got a chance to coach Cam Newton, which I think may be the best you know player to ever ever uh, play college, and yeah. it was just a, a great year, one of those magical years, and. Uh, won the national championship, which um, that's kind of a surreal feeling. And uh, everything kind of came together. And then? Uh, after that, uh, you know, I almost took a job or two that year. And, and I, you know, I'm I'm the type that I can't do two things at once. And, and I, when I'm focused in, and so I decided just to stay put. We won the national championship, and I stuck around one more year. And we won eight games. We won our bowl game. And I started getting that head coaching itch for sure. And so I went back to Arkansas State. And of course, I was very familiar with mm-hmm. with Arkansas. I knew I could recruit there. Hugh Freeze had left us a lot of good players, and uh, so it was a pretty uh, common sense transition, you know, to to have it be my first head coaching so job. Let's step back just a little bit, and uh, let's let's find in these decisions. Um, because I think most people that will find this and listen to it, A, love the football, right? Yeah. They love the yeah. stories. But they also, in their lives, come across moments where they got to make choices, yeah. be it in their jobs or in their families and everything else. Mm-hmm. You've got to make some of these decisions, yeah. okay? After all the success in 2010, you said other opportunities yeah. came. How do you ultimately, or when you left Shiloh, right, mm-hmm. go to Springdale, how do you yeah. ultimately sit down, Gus? Yeah. Can you take me into the room? Is it is it 
the notepad with yeah. the good and the bad? Is it yeah. dinner with Miss Christie? Is it on your knees, mm-hmm. just humbly crying? Is it yeah. a war? I mean, take me through some of those. Yeah. You, you know, uh, once we got in college, um, you know, every time we had an opportunity, I'd go straight to Christy and uh, we'd pray about it. And I wanted her to feel very comfortable. The unique thing about the college football is you got to make life changing decisions in about a 24 hour window. It's not like high school where you can think about it for a couple of weeks. So it's a little bit more challenging. And through those those times, it even grew me and Christy closer. So we always kind of put things out there and we always prayed together about it and and this, you know, once you pray about it, you know, the Lord gives you a peace. And we just always prayed, you know, Lord, make it clear to us. Give us a peace about it. And so that's really the way we went about our business and, um, you know, went to, to Arkansas State for that year. And we both had a peace about it. Didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people, you know, at the time. What? Arkansas State. But, you know, it made sense to us. And, you know, a chance to, to go somewhere where you can win. Because once you're a head coach, I mean, you've got to go a place you can win. And so that w- that was important to Is us. Is there too. any times, looking back, Gus, that uh, there wasn't as much peace in the decision-making process? You mentioned Shiloh to Springdale. But we're, you know, yeah. looking back. Yeah. Um, not, not that we actually – uh, took a job. It was more of the jobs that you have an opportunity to, and for whatever reason, you don't have that piece. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's there's two or three opportunities. Like I said, the big thing probably when we were playing for the national championship a couple weeks before we played for it, there was an opportunity or two mm-hmm. that were extremely tough. And uh, But it just really came back down to – Man, we got a chance to win the national championship, and I didn't want to do anything to to really mess that up. And like I said, I'm not real good at doing two things at once, so just stayed locked in. And I'm glad I did because it's about timing too. And uh, so that, that's really the way we, we looked at it. You think you could have done all this without your wife? No, there's no way. Uh, there's no way. We do this thing together, and uh, she's been w- there with me um, since day one. And um, – you know, just looking back over the times, not just choosing jobs, but the ups and downs, um, the highs are high and the lows are low. Can you give me a couple of those? Uh, we'll get to the transition from Arkansas State to Auburn as yeah. we sit here today. And I'd love to hit on what ministry means and leading these young men. But, you know, for those that are also out there, like my mom and dad were that are coaches or whose kids, you know, whose parents coach or any, you know, can you give me a moment, one of those highs with Christy that like, man, and also maybe just as real, some of those mm-hmm. tough low moments that y'all have endured. Yeah. Well, well the highs are, you know, uh, when you're standing out on the 50 yard line of the national championship and, um, you hug your wife, you give her a kiss and you just, it just kind of sits in like, wow, you know, and we do it together. We came a long way type moment and all that. And then, Probably, you know, it's more important than that is just when you see your players uh, that have went through struggles mm-hmm. and that have reached their goals and dreams, that's where you get the most joy and most satisfaction mm-hmm. um, out of coaching. And, and as far as the lows, it, it's more of, uh, God, just – situations where you just feel like the sky is falling and you as a leader, you got to be strong and you're out in public and all that. And you get home and you let your guard down and you just, um, you know, share what you need to do with your wife and she loves you up and, uh, you do it together and you come back out the next day and 
you're ready to do it again. So it's not just one situation or one time that it's sure. it's a lot of times that you when you do something together, you know, she knows when to pick you up and and uh, and she also knows when to get on you now there's been times after games you know hey you lost your temper you better not do that again so she's she's she works both ways with that <laughs> but you're not the marlboro man no. no do you ever take any heat from that you ever you ever felt some of the criticism from others from peers from from folks that just like come on gus like really do you have to be this attached to the wife and does she you ever feel any of that nonsense no, no not really um you know, we're pretty transparent with, with uh, you know, she does it with me. I mean, she's in most of my recruiting uh, meetings, and that's just the way you, it is. And I, I think it's huh. very important that the recruits and their families, they know what they're getting into. And she's a team mom, and we have the players over at our house. And matter of fact, the last two weeks we had uh, six different groups, six different nights with, uh, you know, guys over at the house. So uh, she's a big part, and that's just part of, of what we do. It's your ministry. It's our ministry. What is that? Can you, can you lay that out and define? You said earlier, and I loved your yeah. line, the coaching and ministry share an awful lot yeah, in common. you know, just you know, talking about the story, you know, um, in 1994 when, when I really started looking at coaches my ministry, I mean, from that point forward, I mean, the Lord has put me in the right situation at the right time, time and time again. There's a lot of high school coaches a lot smarter than me that just hadn't had the, the opportunity. You know, everywhere I've been, I've had really good players. Mm-hmm. I've had really good coaches to help me, and I've had really good administrators. And uh, I've been blessed to coach some of the best players to, to ever play college football. <laughs> and so it's a real surreal deal for me that I just, uh, you know, I just thank the Lord that he allows me to do uh, what, he do, what, what I do and uh, something I love and to have the influence. You know, you know, we're always talking, I'm always talking to my coaches about, you know, use your influence in a positive way, and the Lord reward you. I talk, talk to our players that before every game. And so uh, we've got great influence. Being mm-hmm. college football coaches, our players have great influence. And I just believe that if you use your influence in a positive way, the Lord will reward you. And, and that's, that's how we try to, to live our lives. I've heard some pastors say, I actually had a pastor back home growing up, that talked about the difference in leading his flock when he was young back in 1994 yeah. for you, and then through the years, almost a fatherly role, and now as he's later in his years and ministering for decades, almost yeah. like a grandfatherly role. Yeah. Have you felt your ministry as a coach kind of evolve and change as well? There's no doubt about that from the standpoint that now I've got some of my assistant coaches are my former players, and you know you see them those guys grow and all that, and you know I've got the opportunity to be a head coach in college, and I want to hire – coaches that are great examples for our players you know i'm very proud of our staff i mean they're they're great examples of for our players what a great dad looks like what a great husband looks like and so the ministry part of coaching is also who i hire to touch our players and so i'm real proud of the group that we have and i've got a lot of really good friends that are in college football that used to be high school coaches Mm -hmm. that truly care about players more than what they can do on the field and they get the example part too so as you get older you know you you, you have a, a little bit bigger web 
um, of guys that you hope you influence that are out there making a difference now. Yeah. Do you feel any blowback, Gus, from communities? You know, they'll hear you say, oh, you know, I have folks over and we love on them and this is my ministry. And is there a line of like, hold on a second, man, you're a college football coach. Yeah. You're at Auburn. You know, this is, there's the, the divide between church and state and why are you bringing your faith into, how do you counter, yeah. how do you react to some yeah, of that? Yeah. You, you know, I think the big thing for me is just, I'm going to lead by example. I'm not going to try to shove anything down anybody's throat. I just want to be an example. And, you know, I look back at some coaches that I really looked up to when I was a young coach. And like? They, they, well, Barry Lunny Jr. is one. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a, a coach uh, in, at Fort Smith Southside when I was, was uh, growing up. Tom Landry, I mean, you know, was a guy that, uh, you know, always he was a Christian guy. Uh, he always kept us cool. Tom Osborne, you know, which spoke at our clinic two weeks ago, that, I mean, he was a guy that I always looked up to. So, you know, that, that Christian coaching. So really, from my standpoint, I just want to be the example. I want to be the example for my players. I want to be the example for young coaches. And, and hopefully that, uh, you know, I can make a difference in that way. Did I just hear you say Tom Osborne spoke at your clinic? He did. <laughs> he did. How about he that? He still... did a great job. I mean, wow. he did. He's in his 80s. Yeah, he's in his 80s, and he's sharp. And uh, we had a huge crowd, and I got a chance to eat lunch with him and just kind of picked his brain and just told him I appreciate him being the example for me as a young coach needing somebody positive to look up to. And um, it was a real neat moment. I find the same thing, Gus, for me. I mean, this podcast is one outlet for me to, to kind of live out some of my faith and my testimony. Mm-hmm. It's been an unbelievable blessing, but I'll find it in my other secular work. And people will say, oh, why you got to bring, you know, I'm just trying to live out my example. And I mm-hmm. actually love to invite them into it. Those have been some of my, looking back, especially with my, my radio job, mm-hmm. some of those profound moments in the decade of doing it have been those moments like, hey, let's go to lunch, man. Let, 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 me, yeah. let, let me let you in a little bit. Yeah. And for you, you're not recruiting 85 Christians. Right. Right. I, I don't think that's the mandate that you're right. saying, hey, that's first correct. and foremost, that's I got to have a Christian young man. You've yeah. let in and, and in the community is a whole lot of folks that yeah. you're getting to share with. That's exactly right. You know, of course, we're recruiting the best players with the best character. I mean, really, that's how we go about our business. You know, from a coach's standpoint, you know, I want coaches that are great examples. And so, you know, we're real transparent with that, with our recruiting part and, uh, you know, and just, uh, you know, trying to trying to use our influence um, in a positive way. Ever had anybody challenge you? Any young teenager? I'll tell you a quick story. Back in, let's see, I graduated in 1995. So this had been the fall of 1994. And I'd come to the Lord late in junior high. Mm-hmm. My recruiting deal was amazing looking back. Uh, Scott Frost was my host at Stanford and, <laughs> and good Christian guy. Yeah. And, and Bill McCartney called me. Yeah. And just so happened, the Lord had me read his book that year. Yeah. The pastor in our little town in Puyallup had worked in Boulder and knew Bill McCartney and gave me this book called From Ashes to Glory. And it was his story. And Promise Keepers at that time oh, was really yeah. growing. Was big. Big. Yeah. And he called me. New Heisel was his O coordinator. He called me a few times. Bill McCartney called me one time. And I'll never forget it, right? Before cell phones, <laughs> yeah. mom and dad yeah. are like, yeah, I got to call, you know, Bill, Coach yeah. McCartney's on the phone. Oh, great. So go to my room. I'm talking to him. I said, Coach, this is really cool. You know, I've chatted with, with Rick, but nice to talk to you. And, and I'm reading your book from Ashes of Glory. I love it. And I'm also watching this Promise Keepers. Man, how are you going to do this? 
And he's like, well, yeah, I don't think he'd ever had a recruit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I asked him about Promiski. I said, how do you yeah. manage ball? It's just yeah. awesome to see yeah. this explode. Yeah. I get on a plane two days later on my first recruiting trip. Mm-hmm. I land elsewhere, walk in my hotel room, Bill McCartney resigns. Wow. Now, I'm not going to say that I was the final <laughs> impetus. Yeah. You know, my pastor sent me newspaper articles yeah. after the fact that – I was certainly not the final word in it, yeah. but he said that, yeah, there was some recruits mm-hmm. that kind of wondered, like, how is I going to balance some of this? Yeah. And the Lord totally using that opportunity. Have you had moments, I guess, on either side of that with the recruits that either like, you know, in a praiseworthy way or almost even the other way, confrontational? Like, hey, coach, mm-hmm. if I don't know the Lord, am I going to fit culturally in your program? No, no, in, not not at all. We I hadn't had really either – Either way, you know, I mean, um, the atmosphere that we have, I'm very proud of. Yeah. And, you know, parents that are looking for coaches that truly care about their young men and to be examples, it's a great place and uh, for that. And so that that's just, you know, I'm real upfront with our recruits and their parents about what our atmosphere is like. But, you know, like I said, we try to do it by example. We don't try to to shove religion down any of our players' throat, we try to just be the example and, and create the atmosphere. And, you know, FCA is big. You know, FCA is, is big at Auburn in our program. It was really influential for me in high school. It was our tool that we would use, um, you know, to minister. So, you know, we, we, we are very similar here at Auburn with that. And then you come back to Auburn here to spin this story forward. You come back and uh, from Arkansas State, and you've been here, um, and the seven-year extension came last year. And, Lord willing, you'll be here for some time doing yeah. it. Um, what is the legacy now here at Auburn? What, what is the piece in this fatherly role that you have now that you really want to push for in yeah. years to come? So, you know, I was gone for 11 months at Arkansas State and got a chance to come back in 13 to be the head football coach at a place like Auburn. And this is like a dream job. And so, you know, we had a very good year the first year. I mean, we came really close to win the whole thing. You know, we got beat in the national championship game at the very end. And then we kind of went down a little bit. And this past year, we were really close. So, um, you know, the next year will be my sixth year. And you're exactly right. Just signed of extension stability, which is very rare in, in our league. We've got a chance to really do something special. And so I'm very excited about the future. We're very close to taking that next step of, of, uh, of just getting it done, you know, mm-hmm. winning championships and a chance to win multiple championships. So it's a very exciting time for me. Um, and, uh, recruiting went well. Uh, we got most of our staff back and, Everything's kind of come together. Last few things here. Most proud of ministry-wise. If football is your ministry yeah. and this job is the platform in your ministry, mm-hmm. what are you most proud of ministry-wise? You know, I'm most proud of um, the the young men that I've got the opportunity to coach that have grown up into real men and great examples for everybody they touch. And kind of like I was saying earlier, now that I've got plenty of guys that are coaching now, mm-hmm. some of them are coaching for me that I that I got a chance to coach. And just watching uh, their fruit now, mm-hmm. that is a very humbling uh, experience for me. And how about your kiddos? Your two girls, both yeah. married now. They're both married. they got two daughters, and uh, uh, they married outstanding young men. And of course, You're me, not a grandpa yet, though. Yeah, I am a grandpa. Oh. Yeah, three weeks ago. Uh, oh, that grandpa my, thing was real. My, then. Oldest, <laughs> my oldest daughter, Kylie, had a, had a baby boy. And oh, so uh, I hadn't seen Christy much since then, but it's very yeah. exciting. And like I said, both my girls graduate from Auburn. Um, they're they're 
wonderful young ladies. And like I said, I've got my two son-in-laws. Me and Christy started praying early on, and mm-hmm. and we're blessed to have two great son-in-laws. And last too. couple things here, Gus. Um, you mentioned mom, dad, stepdad. Mm-hmm. They all involved the role they played through your career arc here too. Yeah, you know, my dad passed away two weeks after we won the national championship mm-hmm. in 2010, and and our relationship got a lot better towards mm-hmm. the end before he passed away. And my mom and stepdad are, are are still going strong, and they they come to quite a few games. And matter of fact, they were here at our spring game just uh, last week, so they're doing very well. And the best words of encouragement. For that young Gus Malzahn out there, right? That hopefully yeah. finds us. Who knows where? It's the beauty of these podcasts, man. They go anywhere <laughs> and everywhere, all yeah. around the world. At times, I'll get yeah. notes from people. There's a young coach in Turkey. You know, there's a mm-hmm. Turkey football league. Yeah. I got a friend in ministry that's coaching out there. Or there's yeah. a young coach in Arkansas or a young coach yeah. in California that's like biding his time and yeah. knows it's his gifting. And and you know the best encouragement that you would give to any of those young coaches mm-hmm. would be what I would say. Uh, understand the influence that you have um, is very powerful, and and like I did, turn your life over to the Lord and uh, let let this be your ministry, and uh, look at coaching that way, and uh, that's really what made the difference for me. Above and beyond the intersection of faith and sports. Subscribe to receive every episode at AboveAndBeyondPodcast.com.